electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on our podcast, Donut Go Anywhere. You guys eating any of these? We had a, a couple pieces of bacon here. In my sick mind, I thought about layering it on top of a glazed donut and eating it. Krispy Kreme goes back for seconds. The donut chain going public again in an IPO a generation after its first launch. Last year, we sold 1.3 billion donuts. I love that. It's great. One third of our donuts, our dozens, are actually gifted to others. And China's President Xi is standing up to bullies and pushing the Chinese Communist Party forward, or maybe backward, to its roots. CNBC's Beijing bureau chief, Yunus Yun. A lot of people here are also worried about where President Xi Jinping is taking the Communist Party because it has evolved a lot since it was founded in 1921. It's Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And Andrew, these are the donuts that you can eat lots and lots of. Not the heavy ones. Lots of glazed donuts. Glazed donuts. You could go for double digits today. It's not National Donut Day, but it's close. First up today on the podcast, an IPO bonanza. This week alone, 18 companies are seeking to list on the U.S. markets. That's the most in a single week since 2004. On the docket, Chinese ride-hailing-slash-everything app Didi, which successfully listed in one of the biggest IPOs of the year so far, as well as Clear, the biometric screening company that you see at airports, and Sentinel One, the massive cybersecurity company that clocked the highest-valued cybersecurity IPO ever on Wednesday. With their help, we closed out the first half of the year with 213 IPOs, which together raised over $70 billion. It's higher than the full year average for the last 10 years, so pretty impressive. The last time we saw this kind of activity was back in the 1996-2000 era, aka the dot-com bubble. This past June alone was the busiest month for IPOs since the year 2000. Ironically, 2000 was also the year that today's IPO du jour first tried to hit the public markets. Lots and lots and lots of donuts. It's Krispy Kreme. Over 80 years old, the iconic donut chain has now gone public twice. First, as I said, in 2000. Then it was bought for over a billion dollars and taken private in 2016. And now, five years later, it's back. You'll hear more about that listing in a second. I have even more. I'll show you. I'm all set up here. But before we dive into the dozens and dozens of today's donut moments, a little warning. 
you haven't heard the end of the 2021 IPO parade. There are 87 companies that have already filed to go public and plenty that are still private but expected to list or at least file this year. Warby Parker, Instacart, Flipkart, and of course, Robinhood among them. Okay, back to the donuts. Here's Andrew. Leslie Picker has a closer look at the donut maker. And Leslie, you know these these donut stories have a special place in my, my heart and stomach. So tell, tell <laughs> me what's know. going on. I do Maybe know. Maybe not, by the way, in, in the eyes of investors, though, oddly enough, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't always square your, you know, your appetite with what is going to happen uh, in the markets. Krispy Kreme, of course, returning to the public markets today after five years in private hands. Uh, the 84-year-old donut maker priced its shares below the range it had been marketing to investors at $17 each, but the company did wind up selling more stock than expected for an offering of about half a billion dollars. Now, the pricing implies a market cap of $2.7 billion, which is still double what JAB, an investment firm, paid when taking Krispy Kreme private in 2016. To some, though, a lower-than-expected uh, pricing may not come as a surprise here. The company did manage to grow its top line 15% last year. It's evolving the business to focus on so-called hotlight theater shops and delivery, but its net losses have been widening, and co consumer taste, of course, has been shifting toward healthier options in recent years. Still, Krispy Kreme is debuting into a listings market that appears to be about as open as it's ever been, with near-record activity this week um, on the heels of the hottest quarter for IPOs in two decades. Krispy Kreme set to begin trading on the NASDAQ on uh, today under the symbol D-N-U-T, Andrew. In terms of the, the growth story, how much of it is U.S. versus international at this point? It's mostly U.S. at this point for them. I, I, I'm under the impression that you will be at one of their kind of new experiential shops. Uh, delivery has been primarily a U.S. focused venture for them. Um, so they do, you know, tend to be a little bit more focused uh, on the U.S. And is the free donut for your vaccine card, is that is that deal still <laughs> still open for business? That is a good question. I did not see that mentioned in the prospectus. The top risk factor was COVID. Uh, but as it pertains to the free donut for your vaccine card, you'll have to go and ask them today and see if I, something tells we me will, you'll still be getting will, free donuts regardless of vaccination when you're there. We will discuss. We will discuss. Leslie, thank you. Andrew, uh, Krispy Kreme's here. I can't believe you only had two so far. Joe so had far, half but of one. I just I had half of one. Yeah, Joe had just half so of you one see, and he I said, know I get it. Not box. Not okay, half you I just want you to, to see half a donut. <laughs> you said, I got <laughs> a lot here. This is, one, this two, not. Three, this four, is, five, six, we seven. still got You've got some ground more. to There's pick more, up. By the way, this is what I can keep on my lap. I've got, I think we, I think I've got maybe double this. Oh All my for myself. That's so nice. You've got some eating to do. They they knew they did their market research for who was going to be able to, uh, to to get the job done with those things. I I I, I would eat. I would, you know what? I, well, we already talked about it, and it was kind of gross. We don't want to share. What? But if I was in ancient Rome, I'd oh. eat all these, and then I'd go, and then I'd do it again. <laughs> I would. But but since we're not, I can't. So. But he did say, I understand why Andrew can eat nine of these as soon as he took a bite. Right. So they're so good. They're and I. They're light. Andrew, they're tasty. They're great. We had a let's, piece. Let's, of, we had a, a couple pieces of bacon here from the Nasdaq too, because they're, yeah. they're having a. 
in, in my sick mind, I thought about layer, layering it on top of a glazed donut and eating it. I did. But I didn't do it. Wrap I didn't it do it. No, you didn't. I didn't do it. I'm, it being, I'm being good. Tempting. It might be a very tasty, tasty thing to do. Well, you've, uh, you, let's talk you about said the, that. Remember, we had some that, that, that are like that. It's the best uh, combination in we've the world. Had, we've had some great donuts, some yes. bacon, bacon donuts. Yeah. Um, people know this is, this is the way to my heart. But we are <laughs> going to talk about the IPO right now because we have a very special guest, Krispy Kreme, going public. This is the second time around for the company. It went public back in 2000, but years later, the stock had tumbled following an accounting scandal and underwent a restructuring. Then in 2016, it was taken private by JAB through a $1.35 billion acquisition. Today, it is listing on the NASDAQ under the ticker DNUT after its IPO priced at $17 per share. should say it's below the expected range. We want to talk about that as well. Joining us right now, first on CNBC from its Times Square location, Krispy Kreme CEO Mike Tattersfield. Mike, it's great to see you this morning. I've got the donuts here. Uh, we're eating a lot of them, so thank you for that. Uh, but it is a big day for you. It's a great day for us. I'm, uh, it's an 84-year-old brand. And, you know, as you think about it, we're always trying to build the most love sweet treat brand in the world. The transformation that this uh, company's done in the last five years has been incredible. We've worked on our brand. We've worked on the culture. And we actually changed the business model. And we really created an omni-channel approach uh, where we leverage these amazing donut shops like the one I'm in today and then really get fresh donuts to where the customers are. So that's what we've been doing and it's been an incredible ride so far. Mike, I want to talk to you about the valuation because it did come in lower than expected in terms of where you thought you were going to be with investors even just days ago. What happened? Uh, listen, five years ago we came in and bought the business for a little north of a, a billion dollars. The value today is two and a half times um, uh, the value of when we purchased the company. So when we talked to investors and they saw that we doubled the revenue and doubled the EBITDA during this uh, time frame, they really loved the traction that we're doing and the journey ahead both in the United States market as well as global, because it's about this uh, shared occasions. We sell in dozens and we really drive occasions. We do that exceptionally well and just deliver donuts and build it in gifting. And Andrew, I know you got a lot of dozens in your house right now, but you, you can share them as well. Trust me, we, we, I'm going to have to gift a lot of these away. Um, I can't eat all of this. But uh, the question I ask in terms of expansion, uh, you've been growing, you've been growing fast. Um, the question is, are you growing at the expense of profit in terms of net profit? So if you, if you think about it, when we doubled the EBITDA, you know, doubled the revenue and doubled the EBITDA, one of the things that we did in the transformation on the brand, um, uh, we used to be a franchisor, franchisee in the U.S. We bought back the system. Um, uh, so we have a controlled system where 85% of the system today in the U.S. is where we uh, make our donuts. We then use our 400 donut shops, our theater shop. There's only 400 in the world. I love that, right? So the aspect of keeping the donuts special. But instead of opening up random donut shops everywhere, we actually use an omni-channel approach. So we leverage these theater shops, which are amazing. I'm sure you've been in it when you see our hot light or our glaze line. And then follow where the customer's at. So take the journey, whether it's a fresh shop in, uh, in New York City where we actually produce here and then send donuts to them, an e-commerce model where the consumer can uh, order gifting or delivery, as well as in the wholesale space where we now deliver fresh donuts to select grocers or selects convenience shops around the globe. So, Mike, I, I don't know if this is a hard question or not, and I don't know what to do about it, but 
in a day and age where people are supposed to be moving away from carbs, right? Carbs and sugar. This is a 190 uh, calorie treat, uh, but you typically eat more than one. What, what do you think just trend wise in terms of the movement away, frankly, from treats and what that does or what that may mean or not to your business long term? So I love the indulgence space and Krispy Kreme works incredibly well right within it. Our customers engage us about two and a half times a year and they engage us on occasions. So as you're having those dozens, it's about shared dozens um, uh, that we focus on celebration gifting. And the customer is always looking for a sweet treat. And I know the world's uh, not a really good place um, uh, and a bland place if you don't have a sweet treat. So it's really about the opportunity of uh, how do we build on that? We're really proud of what we do. And if you can get on occasions, you think about gifting, you know, Mother's Day that just came by. If you can have a little kid basically send their mom a dozen donuts, we compete against flowers, right? It's a whole different occasion. It's celebrations. It's an amazing part of what this brand does. Again, those theater shops that are so special, right. but doing fresh donuts everywhere. I'll give you one little snapshot. Last year, we sold 1.3 billion donuts. I love that. It's great. But do you imagine you're going to get pressure from investors or ESG investors? I mean, I'm thinking you know, Coca-Cola has taken a ribbing for a very long time about the sugar in their drinks. Are you going to have to come up with other products in terms of the mix long term, you think? Or do you just lean into the donut? When you th- so when you think about it, you know, doing those 1.3 don- billion donuts, we lean into the donuts. It, it's clearly the opportunity. The shared occasions, right? We're designed, actually, we're in the normal sweet treat space, it tends to be an individual occasion. These are designed for sharing and gifting. One third of our donuts, our dozens, are actually gifted to others. So in that space, we grew 20% last year, even with that low incidence rate of two and a half times, we grew 20% because we focus on the occasions of the donuts. Right. Mike, can you speak a little bit about whatever inflationary pressures you may or may not be feeling right now, both in terms of wages, in terms of food ingredients and the like? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, we'll always face headwinds. If you can imagine 2020 was a year where Krispy Kreme really shown itself to be an incredible company and had its, uh, one of its most profitable years in its history. So we will, if you can do that in a year of COVID and really start to transform your business, we will always be able to manage these types of costs. And if you think about it, that shared occasion on an accessible price point um, uh, gives us a lot of opportunity to, to move. Right. What's, your, uh, what's the company's position on, on uh, wages and minimum wage right now? Yeah, we're always competitive in the marketplace um, uh, and we'll always continue to do that. The one thing I always focus on in our company is about where every Krispy Kremer, that's who I call folks that work as Krispy Kreme, can reach their dreams and goals and the, wherever they'd like to go and then they can grow along with the company. I'd love them, one of them to be the CEO of the company one day. Uh, two, quick, two final quick questions. One of the things that, that really hurt the company years ago was its overexpansion. And I know you're trying to avoid that overexpansion, but to grow, you're gonna have to expand. How do you see that working? So again, I talked about those hot light shops, right? That's, there's just 400 of these around the globe. We want to keep them special. We're going to keep them special, but it's building access points. So if we build an access point inside of a Tesco or inside of a Walmart, 
where we'll do those fresh donuts from the theater shop to them, done daily. So right. it's the fresh donut experience that you get in the shop, and that's how we see the growth. Building these big theater right. shops is the past, is a past, but today we actually really focus on how to get access right. to the customers, and we keep and our donut Mike, shop we special. Mike, we got to run. You've given away two million donuts uh, to those who have to, who who have a vaccine and a vaccine card. How many are you expecting to give you away know, by the end of the year? And by the way, when people come in for the free donut, do they end up buying more? They do. So last year we gave away 30 million donuts, right? Really could be helpful to the healthcare seniors, um, uh, teachers. This year when we did the CDC program, when you get a donut every day, you come in, um, uh, and folks have we're past two million donuts. People, because of the distance sometimes when they come visit the shop, tend to pick up a dozen and they share their donuts, Andrew. So those donuts you have, make sure you spread them around the building or your family. Okay, Mike, uh, we wish you lots of luck. Uh, I promise uh, to share these donuts. I will need to share these donuts. Uh, and we look forward to following your progress. <laughs> I, look forward, uh, I look forward to seeing you and thank all the Krispy Kremers around the globe. It's a great day for Krispy Kreme. Take care. Cheers. Becky, are you, you guys eating Cheers. any of these? Uh, half. Joe's eaten half, but uh, we're eyeing them. They're tempting. I, I've, I've so managed good. to maintain I mean, so far, but they are tempting, I mean, and they're all sitting like here looking back at us. We have so many different kinds, and I'd like, I I, I'd, I'd like to try every one. Next on Squawk Pod, on the ground in China, the day after President Xi Jinping's bold speech to his people and to the rest of the world, CNBC's Beijing bureau chief, Yunus Yun. A lot of people here do want to have more and more rights, but in terms of what President Xi thinks is the best to try to get make China great again, uh, that he right. apparently does not believe that that is the, the best way forward. That conversation right after this. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod on this July 1st with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Has China been bullied lately? I don't, that doesn't seem like a country you bully easily. But if you were thinking about it, don't, because China won't be bullied. That was President Xi's message to foreign powers in a speech overnight. Uh, Eunice Yoon uh, joins us now with more. Phyllis in, Eunice, good day. 
Yeah, well, Joe, today um, was an important day for China. President Xi Jinping was projecting strength on this 100th anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. So President Xi Jinping, as you said, had warned in this speech that any foreign force attempting to bully China would, quote, find themselves on a collision course with a great wall of steel forged by China's 1.4 billion people. Now, his tough talk matched the show of force that we saw today. A lot of military hardware at this event, uh, which featured a fly past of military choppers and China's own stealth fighter, the J-20. Uh, President Xi also pledged that China would build up its military. He reiterated the commitments that the country has to the reunification of Taiwan and stability of Hong Kong. Uh, He also hailed a new world order. Now, security in Hong Kong is very tight. The city has an anniversary of its own, the 24th anniversary of the Hong Kong handover. Now, normally on July 4th, July 1st, every year, the city holds a peaceful demonstration to mark this occasion. However, the authorities are not allowing it this year, citing pandemic restrictions. However, activists believe it's also because the authorities want to clamp down on protesters. Uh, For the past year, since the national security law has been put in place, the city has rounded up a lot of opposition and critical voices, um, journalists as well. As you guys well know, the pro-democracy paper, the Apple Daily, was essentially dismantled. And uh, some of the executives, at least one was released on bail, though the others are still being detained. And since then, uh, the Apple Daily's parent, Next Digital, said it was going to stop its operations as of today. And there has been a chill that has been cast on a lot of the other press. So some of the smaller independent papers have been taking some precautionary measures, uh, saying that they're going to relocate their servers, take down editorials, and suspend donations until they could figure out what to do next. Guys? A lot of interesting things and in, in thoughts as, as you were speaking, Eunice. In, in the old days, the Cold War, it was all Soviet Union all the time. The SALT talks, the strategic, you know, trying to limit nuclear weapons for years and years and years. Those were the two superpowers as China was in uh, the background. But where do you get power? You get it from economic strength. And the Soviet Union does not, the, Russia, the former Soviet Union, obviously big uh, shortfalls there in terms of the, the, the world stage, the opposite of China, which is an economic power that, that you, you can't possibly uh, minimize or, or, or not understand how great that is. And where does that come from? You put 1.4 billion people to work uh, in a single-minded way, and, and, it, and it's going to happen. So I, I, I'm, uh, I hear him. I hear him. I, and we do respect him, but we have a, lot, a problem with a lot of things China's doing right now. So this is setting up some interesting years Yeah, well, a lot of people ahead. here as well. Joe, I think a lot of people here are also worried about where President Xi Jinping is taking the Communist Party because it has evolved a lot since it was founded in 1921. I mean, it started with a a bunch of revolutionary kind of um, folks uh, and then eventually uh, uh, had to make some changes after Chairman Mao Zedong, in his one-man rule, had uh, uh, kind of created a lot of disasters here like famine. So since then, another leader came in, Deng Xiaoping, reformer, and as you had mentioned, economic power plugged into that global economic system. Lots of people got rich. 
um, very quickly when you think about it in terms of decades. And then um, now President Xi Jinping is kind of moving the party back into one man rule where he has this personality cult around him. He's, he, there's been so much propaganda about Mao Zedong and about how similar President Xi is with Mao Zedong. And um, so there's a lot of questions here as to whether or not one man rule is actually going to be good for the country. Eunice, earlier this so week, earlier this week, a lot being written in, uh, in the journal by either Holman Jenkins or Bill McGurn, one of them about Milton Friedman, who said this is going to be a, a great power, China. And as the, the, the country becomes more capitalistic and becomes much more powerful, Human rights, by definition, are going to flourish. And the point of the piece in the journal was that has not happened. And the, the, the country has flourished, but not at the same time with, with opening up uh, like, like the West in terms of human rights and freedom and, and privacy and everything else. So uh, it, it's kind of an enigma. Actually, someone very smart called it an enigma. Was that Russia? I don't know. Called someplace the enigma wrapped in a riddle, right? <laughs> I yeah, I think there are a lot of folks overseas, um, and I think within the United States or in the, in the West at large, who would say that um, it was kind of a mistake uh, on the part of the West, that they miscalculated, that they thought that uh, China would eventually become much more open politically as it became much more open economically. However, as you had, had noted, that hasn't really happened. I mean, we saw some of it. Um, in terms of the um, the internet opening things up, I think more a lot of people here do want to have more and more rights. And if you talk to people privately, they do want to have more open discussions. But um, you know, in terms of what President Xi thinks is the best to try to get make China great again, uh, that he right. apparently does not believe that that is the the best way forward. That saying's been taken, Eunice. That's, hey, that that saying's hey, already been taken. Eunice, what what do you hear from? U.S. business leaders or at least leaders of, of businesses that are, that are uh, headquartered in, in the U.S. but do a lot of business in China, do you hear any murmurings at all, even under their breath, that they're going to somehow leave or that they're trying behind the scenes to have conversations with the government? Is, is that even on the table? They are always having conversations uh, with the government. Um, I don't know of many companies or business people who are who have um, who believe that the Chinese consumer is going to be their future. I'm actually thinking of leaving. The strategy, though, has been changing where um, may, maybe they're trying to uh, buttress their business a little bit better, where they might have more operations here. And instead, they're setting up up like uh, manufacturing facilities where they're going to be, um, you know, um, shepherd, like kind of selling into the Chinese market and then ha kind of having their their China business that's kind of hived off from their the business for the rest of the world. But but it's yeah, it's, it's a very delicate dance right now. And you could also see a lot of companies, not only not only uh, foreign companies, but Chinese companies as well, uh, really try closely with um, government policy. I mean, I think you saw that with Didi as well. I think Look it was Nike. interesting that they Nike. said that they're going to be pushing EV. Eunice, you, oh, yeah, you see what John Don yeah. Andrew, see what John Donahue said earlier this week? We are a brand of we are of China, a brand of China and for China. Right. So that's your that's your businesses. Yep. Taking the the moral stand against the the well, things that are. How the whole, about the NBA? But, can you can you say NBA? How's the NBA think about look, China? We had that interview with with Joe Sai uh, a week and a half ago, where we put the question to him, and clearly uh, he supported 
the Chinese government, as I think we all imagined, he probably would. The question, though, is can you, is Tell there the some question, kind Andrew. of construction? You know it. But is there some kind of constructive engagement going on behind the scenes? Clearly, if you come out publicly and say something negative, you can't have that engagement behind the scenes. And I just don't know whether there is the engagement behind the scenes. Well, after looking at the last couple of decades, it doesn't seem like there's a, a, money a lot talks. of a lot of these guys conversation behind the scenes taking place. Money, 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 money. Cheese will be next. Still to come on Squawk Pod. You will let us know when you EV yourself. I mean, that's close, right? The road race to electric vehicles. And one way or another, they're going to find you. Those donut carbs, that is. Those are horrible facts, Andrew, though. Those are really horrible facts that a bag of potato chips you got to run for 20 minutes then. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva! Roll alpha, up track. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Travel for the upcoming holiday weekend expected to reach levels not seen since before the pandemic. AAA forecasting that about 47 million people plan to travel between today and Monday. Auto travel expected to be the highest on record, also setting a record. Rental car prices with the daily rate now averaging $166. Uh, that's a 140% increase from two years ago, $166. And I'm, I'm, I suspect, Joe, it's like $166 for like a Yugo, right? It's going to be, you know, that little car that, that, and, the, and they're going to jack that. So I don't even know what a, what a full-size car would cost. Right. That, uh, that's a good point. The, I haven't heard that in a while, the Yugo. Uh, the they still make Remember? That? I do. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I, just, I feel like you're going to get a Toyota Corolla for $166. A, 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 you know, it's it's pricey. It's pricey. Then if you need to get a minivan or an SUV, forget about it. It's four or $500 a day. Right. Um, I'm just, you will let us know when you, when you EV yourself. I mean, that's close, right? You're, you're looking around. What, what, where are you in the process right now? That's, that's coming, right? I still, I have a lease going. I still have a, yeah, it's during the pandemic, you know, I, I switched out cars. We got, because of, we wanted the three rows, we have a Volkswagen Atlas now. And I think there's about two years left on that. the, yeah, yeah, about two years left on the lease. So call me in, in two years. Okay. Call you what? <laughs> oh, just, it doesn't matter. Just about call the you. EV. Then, about once the EV. I, then I would switch out the car. It's harder if you live in the city, Maybe. I think, because you can't you don't necessarily have a place where you can charge it every night. I mean, it just if you're parking on the street, that's that's tricky. Right. So we 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 spend a fortune and we park in a parking lot in the city. And actually at our parking lot, there are some Tesla chargers. I don't know if there are chargers for other other brands yet. And right. I don't know if you have to pay extra for those spots. Right. That, I, or if you get I, I never talked to them about that. Yeah, if you get guaranteed that every night. So that's going to be, yeah, we've got spaces here per month, which are probably outrageous already. And then if you want right. to be near a charger, 
you pay this much. It might I mean, cost I, more. That's, that's coming. I've never that's asked. Coming. Yeah. I think it's trickier for people who live in the city. You figure, Andrew, 10 minutes of a brisk walk uh, per half donut. So I've already signed on to that. Uh, 20 minutes for the entire donut to, to jog or walk, to burn. Seriously? Yeah, that's, that was Andrew's estimate. I, I wear a heart rate monitor, and usually if I go running, even just for like a two-mile run, I can usually burn around 200 calories in maybe 18 minutes. So if each one's 190 calories, my, my thought was... Right. Or you could do a really brisk walk. You could probably. Those are horrible facts, Andrew, though. Those are really horrible facts that, that for two, you know, a bag of potato chips, you got to run for 20 minutes then. Hmm. It's just, yep. if you're going to look at things that way, Not you're never, never going to eat anything again. <laughs> Not. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell us what you think, either on Apple Podcasts or via Twitter. We're at Squawk CNBC. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.